much of you in the public's eye, no matter where we go, that they would first see Jesus radiating through our life. And Lord, that you would encourage us, and Lord, along the way. Holy Spirit, empower us to do your perfect work. And Father, I praise you for what you're fixing to do here this morning. In Jesus' precious name. And all God's children said what? Amen. Y'all may be seated. This morning, I've got a little special treat for you this morning. There's some of you may not realize, but we are part of the Southern Baptist Convention. Amen. How many didn't know that? Let me see your hands. Didn't know that. A couple of you. Hey, listen, that's awesome. And listen, and and in the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, Florida has their own convention called the Florida Baptist Convention. And within that Florida Baptist Convention, there are many servants of the Lord who are working day and night, traveling all over the state and many places. Pouring their heart out to make Jesus famous, right? And to help churches. And we happen to be honored with the presence of Dr. Jeffrey Singletary to be with us this morning. And he's going to bring a word to you. He is a regional catalyst for our Florida Baptist Convention. It kind of helps churches along the way to kind of help us uh, uh, establish a good strategic vision and, and a way to go and move forward to help propel us forward to do what Jesus requires us to do. Amen. And so uh, everybody give a good Hills uh, Church welcome to Dr. Jeffrey Singletary. Brother Jeffrey, come on up. Here. Well, good morning, good morning. It is good to be with you this morning in Hills Church. I was excited and delighted to have been invited. And so it is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Pastor Bill, and to your bride and pride, thank you for the privilege to stand behind the sacred desk and to proclaim God's uncompromising and unadulterated word this morning. I bring you greetings from the Florida Baptist Convention. As Pastor has indicated, I serve uh, Central Florida. There's about 800 churches across the uh, Central Florida that I have the privilege of, of laboring with. And so I'm excited to be here this morning. And so allow me to pray, and we will get after it. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we just come before you this morning, thankful and grateful, Father, for the privilege to stand behind the sacred desk, and Father, to share your uncompromised and unadulterated word. Father, we ask, in the name of Jesus, the God that you would speak in us, to us, and through us. God that you would give us. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts. Hearts that are open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then, Father, when it's all said and done, God will be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. We ask all these things in Christ's precious name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. and amen. amen. Last week we celebrated Easter, Resurrection Sunday morning. We talked a lot about the, the week prior to the Resurrection. You see, Good Friday was only Good Friday because Sunday was coming. We talked about the triumphant entries into Jerusalem the week of the resurrection. But it's, it's a week later now. It's, it's the Sunday after. <laughs> but as much as was taking place the previous week, the week after was just exciting. You know, we 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 have uh, we we found all the eggs. The body has gone back in the hole, and the church has moved on. It's as if Easter never happened. You don't hear what I just said. Because it was Easter and not getting up morning. 
But I want to talk about the week after. Ah, the Sunday. You see, you see, this morning I want us to see what happens when you miss Sunday night service. Hello, somebody. The disciples, mountain of unbelief and disbelief, was greater than the preponderance of evidence, proof of the resurrection. They were suffering from paralysis of analysis. They could not wrap their mind around what they had, what they were seeing and hearing. It was all foreign to them. And there was no human explanation for the resurrection. They were vacillating from belief to unbelief. From clarity to confusion. From joy to fear. They were in a crisis of faith. They were in a cosmic struggle. They were struggling between two worlds. They would have to trust one and live in the other. They would have to be so committed and sold out to what they could not see that they would be willing to die for its reality. Beloved, beloved, I stopped by to tell you, Hillside, there's still something happening on the hill. The hill is not just over. In fact, it's only just begun. This 40-day period called post-resurrection ministry, it was characterized by the disciples' doubt, fear, and unbelief. Uh, for, the, for the temple leaders and their parishioners, this was also a time of doubt, disbelief, fear, and anger. The same was true for the secular and uh, unbelieving communities around Jerusalem. This was also a time of fear and doubt, confusion and disbelief. Everybody, listen to me this morning, hear me with your good ear. Everybody knew, everybody knew something, uh, something that, uh, that was traumatic, supernatural, earthquakes, earth-shaking had occurred in Jerusalem. It was undeniable. Everybody knew something traumatic had taken place. But only the disciples would be able to, to understand the death, the gravity, and the brevity and have the ability to explain it. There, there were seven supernatural things that took place that were humanly, scientifically, unexplainable, and undeniable at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Notice the text this morning in Matthew chapter 27, beginning at verse 39, it says, And those who passed hurled insults at him, shaking their head and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Ah, come down from the cross if you are the Son of God in the same way. The chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders marked him. He saved others, they said, but he cannot save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe him. You've heard that before. He trusts in God. He says, let God rescue him now. If he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Verse 45. And from, from noon until 
three in the afternoon, darkness covered the land, number one. Darkness hadn't happened before. Darkness covered the land. And about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Elam, Satanah, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with vinegar, wine vinegar, and put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. He said, the rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Ah! At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Ah! The earth shook and rocks split. Ah! And watch the text. And tombs broke open. Ah! Watch the text. And bodies of many holy people who had died was raised to life. It wasn't just Jesus walking around. Now, it's one thing for Jesus. But if you got other, that, 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 there were many, many other, there may have been David walking. There may have been Moses walking. There may have been, that. there were a lot of holy, holy men and women walking in Jerusalem. See, we miss that. We just talk about the one, the empty tomb. There was a lot of empty tombs that day. There were a lot of empty tombs that day. Undeniable. Undeniable. Notice the text. Notice the text. The text says, and they were raised to life. Watch the text, verse 53. They came out of the tomb when? After Jesus' resurrection. Lord have mercy, Jesus. Now the day, the day he died, the tombs opened up. They saw, tombs, dirt flying, dirt flying everywhere. Now that's enough. I, I, I got saved that day in the name of Jesus. I, I got, I got saved that day. I wouldn't have waited to the resurrection. But notice, notice the text. They came out of the tomb. I don't know what they were waiting on. <laughs> they couldn't beat him getting up. They had to wait on the rest of the signal. The text said, the text says, the text says, they came out of the tomb after Jesus' resurrection. And what did they do? And went into the holy city and appeared to who? Not just Christians. Not just the disciples, because the disciples was where? They were in hiding. They couldn't be found. <laughs> like some of the church. <laughs> Hello, walls. Hello, walls. Don't, don't encourage the preaching. I'm a black preacher. <laughs> he says, and when the centurion and those who with him, who regarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely, grandmother would say, Surely, surely, he was. We, we, we have crucified a lot of men. We have hung a lot of people. But we never had that happen. Surely. He must be the son of the living God. Beloved, the text says, all of Jerusalem was in a crisis of unbelief. Today, the world is in a pandemic of unbelief. The world knows something is happening, but they do not know what. Science will only take you so far. You remember COVID? We were, tra we were told repeatedly to do what? Trust the science. 
We have found out later, we found out that you can't trust. It ain't just the science you can't trust. You can't trust the government either. Because they pay the scientists. Hello, that's a, that's a whole other subject. That's a whole other subject. I'm going to stay at the cross. I'm going to stay at the cross. Notice, notice. So, science will only take you so far. Then what? Now what? You have arrived at a crisis of disbelief or unbelief. And only, only God's prophetic leaders and seers see and knows what God's prophetic plan is. That's why, that's why I wasn't rattled by COVID. That's why I wasn't moved by COVID. Because God's word is clear. Look what he says in Amos. Amos chapter 3, verse, verse 6 says, When the ram horn blows a warning, should not, shouldn't the people be alarmed? Does disaster, listen to me this morning, does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has planned it? Nothing happens without God's permission or approval. Not even COVID. And notice what God said. Notice the word, notice the word, what the word says. What the word says. Indeed, the sovereign Lord knows what? The Lord never does anything unless he reveals his plan to his servants, the prophet. God does not bring disaster on a nation on a city, on a people, until God has revealed and communicated, articulated his plan to the men of God. The problem with COVID was the church was confused. The church didn't have an answer. Had God stopped speaking? The text says that God doesn't bring disaster unless he informed the man of God. You see, if you walk with him, he'll talk with you. You see, I didn't care about Fauci not having an answer. I needed the pastor to have an answer. Because COVID, as, as, as physical as COVID was, it was spiritual. People said, hey, but preacher, 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 people, people dying. You know what I said? People have always been dying. COVID didn't start people to die. And, and what we learned, the vaccine won't stop you from dying. Hello, somebody. I'm going to leave that. We're going to keep moving. We're going to keep moving. So what am I saying to you? God had taught the disciples he had spoke to them. He had told them previously what was going to happen. But they didn't get it. On exam day, they failed the exam. They were caught off guard, but they shouldn't have been. They should have been standing at the tomb on the third day. They ought to have been, they ought to, they ought to been a prayer meeting at the tomb. But it wasn't. Listen to me. Let me ask you this morning. What's keeping you from believing? What's keeping you from receiving? What's keeping you from the Father? What's keeping you from Jesus? What's keeping you from heaven? Beloved, what will you allow to send you to hell? Doubt, unbelief, or disbelief? I want us to see, as we settle into the text this morning, yeah, yeah, I see, uh, this morning going to be a little different this morning. Y'all ain't got the usual preacher this morning. Y'all may have not noticed that. This morning, y'all got a brother this morning. I got a brother this morning. 
You know, it'll take a brother, take a brother 30 minutes to clear his voice. That was just the intro. <laughs> Notice. That's what I'm talking about too, my sister. Yes, sir. Thomas. Thomas struggled with doubt and disbelief. Now, who was Thomas? Thomas was one of the disciples. For three years, Thomas had walked, talked, ate, slept with Jesus. But Thomas, a disciple of the twelve, had doubt and unbelief. Thomas made three emphatic statements of unbelief, which Jesus lovingly, kindly, and compassionately addressed. Thomas is clear on what his issues are for not believing. He wanted to experience the same, he wanted the same privilege and experience that the other disciples have had. The problem was when Jesus showed up the night of the resurrection, because he came to them at night. When Jesus showed up at the night service on the day of the resurrection, Thomas skipped night service. You know, the Bucks were playing that night. The Bulls were playing that night. The master, the master, the master was on them. The master was on that night. Thomas thought he would take the night off. Wasn't going to be that important anyway. Pastor really didn't have anything special to say tonight. He stayed home. He skipped night service. That's what happened when you skip night service. Jesus showed up. Next day, Thomas heard about the service he missed. <laughs> oh, you should have been there. You should have. You should have been there, Thomas. Jesus showed up. Thomas said, "I won't believe it. I won't believe it." Notice what Thomas says. Thomas is very clear. He says in verse John chapter twenty, verse twenty-four. But one of the twelve, Thomas called twin, was not with them when Jesus came. And so the other disciples kept telling him, huh, repeatedly. He wasn't just hard-headed, he was hard head. <laughs> we have seen the Lord. <laughs> but he said to them, if I don't see the marks of the nails in his hand and put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand in his side, I will what? Never believe. Now that's a disciple talking. That ain't the member off the street. That's not somebody off the street. That's a member. That's, that's a disciple talking. Notice what he said. Thomas, Thomas, Thomas was locked and loaded, affixed and affirmed. Committed and resolved in his position of unbelief. How could Thomas, a disciple, a follower of Christ, take such a firm position? He was a disciple struggling with hurt, doubt, and unbelief. Beloved, but here's the good news, Hillside. Here's the good news. The good news is there, there, there are three things Jesus knew about Thomas and three things Jesus knew about you. Notice the text. Notice. First, Jesus knew what? Thomas' name. He didn't show up the next Sunday and say, well, who was that guy that was right here talking all that stuff? <laughs> pastor, point him out. Pastor, point him out to me, Pastor. He didn't say that, did he? He said Thomas. He knew Thomas' name. Now, not only did he know Thomas' name, he knew Thomas' pain. He knew his plan to redeem Thomas. Hillside, listen to me this morning. Hill, Hill Church, Hill Church, listen to me this morning. He knows your name. I may not know your name, but he knows your name. Not only does he know your name, he knows your name, but he also knows your pain. He knows what you are struggling with right now. 
He knows what you are laboring on, what you're wrestling with. He knows it. Listen to me. But also he knows his plan to redeem and rescue you. Look at the text. Look at the text. John, John 20, verse 26 says, after what? After eight, eight days makes it what? It makes it the next Sunday. Sunday night. Now, notice what he says. Notice what he says. And Thomas was with them. In fact, every time that Jesus gathered with them, if you study the text, it was always on Sunday. He was shifting. He was shifting from Sabbath worship to Sunday worship. He was moving from the old covenant to the new covenant. So people say, why do y'all worship on Sunday? Because Jesus taught us. He moved from the Sabbath to the first day of the week. From the last to the first. And so notice, notice what he says. Notice what he says. He says, Thomas, he says that Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood with them. Now listen to me. I'm a brother from another mother. If y'all lock them doors so nobody can get in, because they were in hiding, and a guy walks through that wall, you're going to have to say to me, peace be still. Because my leg going to take over before anything else happens. Can I just be honest with that, that, you? Ever see, you ever see the movies? You see, that, that's why, you see, that's why brothers never get shot at the movies. You know, you know, you know, people like, you know, y'all get shot because somehow they say, hey, what, what they doing over there? What happened? <laughs> you know, we ride and then we ask you later, what, 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 what they doing? What they doing? <laughs> y'all ask questions first. <laughs> We're going to find out later. <laughs> I'm going to catch it on the news. I'm going to see it on the news. I'm going to see it on the news. Yeah. He says to them, he says, notice what he says. Jesus says to them, peace to you. In other words, settle down. It's me. Verse 27 says, then he said to Thomas. Thomas, put your, put your finger here and observe my hand. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Don't be an unbeliever, unbeliever, but a believer. Thomas responds to him, my Lord, my God. Amen. Thomas said, I believe. And I receive you as not just my, not just curios, but theos. You are my Lord, Master, and my God. Thomas was said, you're not just Christ, you're not just Jesus, you are God incarnate in human flesh. My Lord, my God. Thomas understood who Jesus was. He understood the hypostatic union. Fully man and fully God. Not two, but one Christ. Thomas understood it. Beloved, beloved, listen to me. John, once again, makes the point. And John, and John the gospel, John chapter 1, verse 14 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory, the glory as of the, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Logos became theos in human flesh. And we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. The word glory, one who came out from underneath, full of grace. And truth, look what he said. John, John, John 20, verse 9, 29, 20, verse 29. 
Then Jesus told them, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Beloved, Jesus here had you and I in mind. He was talking about you and I. We must receive by faith. He must be received by faith. He said, if Jesus said it, we've got to come to the point where we can say, if Jesus said it, that settles it. We've got to stop putting, we've got to stop putting question marks where God has placed periods, and they are square periods that won't roll away. Beloved, listen to me this morning. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any one should boast. Please note that it was not just Thomas that had doubt. Others' disciples had doubt and unbelief. Look at verse 30. Verse 30, verse 30 says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not recorded, that are not written in this book. Now think about that for a moment. What was Jesus doing? Jesus knew that Jesus didn't have a B or C plan. Jesus had one plan for the gospel to go around the world. And it was them 12 guys right there. It was them 11, the 11 guys right there. And so Jesus spent 40 days in, in an unendeavorable way of proving and communicating to those guys, to the disciples, that it is me, I'm alive from the dead. And he did miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, proof after proof, proof upon proof upon proof upon proof, that I am the great I am. And still, some doubted. Crisis of belief. How in the world, in America, in such a short period of time, did we go from a Christian nation? We skipped over a post to post-Christian. So we went straight to a pagan nation. It all happened on our watch. We can't blame nobody else. It happened on our watch. While we were getting fat and sassy. While the bull was bullish and we were chasing the dollar. See, the devil has a lot of distraction going on. There's a lot of distraction, and, and church people are easy to get, to get distracted. And we took our eyes off was really, what was really important. And while we were distracted, the devil was working. Notice, notice, beloved, what he says. He says to us that... Verse 31 is written specifically for you and me. Verse, verse, verse 31, John 20, 31 says, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Ah! In other words, John brings the book of John, the gospel of John, he brings it to an end. He brings those 30, those 21 chapters, he brings 20 chapters to, to land at one verse. He said, everything I said from chapter 1 to chapter 20 rests upon this. I said, I've written all of this that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And then if you believe it, notice what he says. But you may have life in his name. Other disciples were struggling with doubt and unbelief. Jesus, doing Jesus' great commission speech, there were still some disciples that were struggling with doubt and unbelief. Some, are still some were still not there. They were not there yet. He is preparing to exit 
and ascend back to the Father. He's given them the final instruction, but some are still struggling with belief. Look at Matthew, Matthew 28, 16. Matthew 28, 16. Jesus is at Galilee. He's getting ready to descend. He's getting ready to leave. He's getting ready to step on that cloud and go back to glory. It's that moment. It's that moment. Notice the text. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus knew his time on earth was over, but his work was not done. Therefore, he does three things for them. He drawed near to them. He huddled with them for the, fa- for the, the final time. Once again, he called the final play. Secondly, Not only did he draw near to them, but he instructed them. He encouraged them. He always lovingly, he was always loving loving to them, always teaching them, always coaching them. He closes and exits with four great alls. Notice. All power, all authority. All nations, all things, always. Matthew 18, Matthew 28, verse 18 says, And Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of what? God is an all-inclusive God. God's heart has always been on all Language, kindreds, and tongues. God is not a one-dimensional God. The problem with the church is that we only love and care about people who walk like us, look like us, talk like us, act like us. And God says, that ain't my church. My church is for everybody. He told the disciples to go and reach, teach, baptize who? All people. Despite economic background, despite sociology, despite everybody. But we want to pick and choose. And when we pick and choose, the world, the world may be dumb, but they ain't stupid. The world says, oh, that's what y'all doing over there. Oh, y'all, y'all cherry picking. Y'all cherry picking over there. That ain't in the book. I read that book and it said, oh, oh. And, 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 you, know, I, and you know what I did? Because I was struggling. And I, so I looked up, I, 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 I looked up, I looked up all in the Greek. And I discovered something amazing that all in the Greek means it means all. It means all. And you don't get to pick who all is. He says, notice the text. I'm closing. I'm closing. He says, that he says to them, all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to do what? Observe. That's right. Everything. For I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus, comfort and console. They are doubting, but he's encouraging. He gives his disciples three reasons why they should not worry. There's a prepared place for you. There's a prepared plan for you. And there's a prepared person for you. John, John 14, 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. 
In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go and prepare a place. Heaven, heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. You can't get there otherwise. He says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may also. And where I go, you know. And the way you know. Here it is, Thomas again. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except me. Beloved, let me ask you this morning. What's keeping you from Calvary? What's keeping you from believing? What's keeping you from receiving? What's keeping you from the Father? What's keeping you from Jesus? What's keeping you from heaven? What will you allow to send you to hell? What is it you are struggling to release so you can believe this morning? Beloved, let me close. Let me close. You see, I was down in when the storms hit a few years ago in 2018 and 19, uh, uh, Irma and Maria, it tore up the Virgin Islands and the, the islands. And, and so I went down there to minister to the islands and as I was down there ministering in, in, in Dominica, there was this young, young kid. And I remember the story. I told the story. That, that, this, this, young, this family, this young family, they had, they had this son that, that, that he was struggling in school. And, and, and math was a, just, a, just a tough subject for him. And, 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 and he kept failing and failing and failing. And, and so they moved him from one school to the next school, trying to find help for him. And so he would, he would fail. fail and so they, get, they went to a, from one school to the next school, from... And so they finally moved him to a parochial school. They, he, had, he, had, he had flunked out of, out of public schools. So they put him in this Catholic school to help him. Because they said this, the Catholic churches had the best schools and it was the last option for their son to get him help in math. And so his mom and his dad, they, they took him to this Catholic school. And, and the first day, the first day, as the young boy, the young boy was... He was walking into the school, and, and he looked up, and he saw Jesus on the cross. He hadn't seen that in public school. And he went into the school, and, 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 and they enrolled him. And first day, you know, the boy came home from school and went straight to his room and was working on his, his, doing his homework. And, 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 and every day, every day, he would go from the, from, from the door to his room and, and do his homework every day. And, 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 and his mom uh, was a little concerned. She went to the dad and said, she said, I'm a little concerned about Johnny. Johnny's been, been acting a little, little, little strange. And, and she dad, well, leave him alone, leave him alone. Let's wait till the report card comes. Let's, 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 let's wait on the report card. Sure enough, nine weeks went by. Report card came. Look, Johnny had A, 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 A. He had an A in everything and even an A in math. Mother fixed some hot, you know, townhouse cookies and a glass of milk. And Daddy came home and little Johnny was sitting at the table eating his chocolate chips, drinking his cold milk. Mom and dad sat there. I said, Johnny, we we proud of you. We're proud of you. You've done a marvelous job. Excellent, outstanding job. We, we, dad, dad said, dad said, I simply want to know what made the difference. Johnny, what was the what, what was the turnaround? Was, 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 it the, was it the new shoes? Was it your new book bag? Johnny, what 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 caused you to turn around? Look, Johnny looked up. Took a bite of his cookie, hit a glass of that milk, and he said, Mom, he said, Dad. He said, What was it that caused you to that caused you to turn around in math? That's what we really want to know. He said, Well, it was the first day that I went to that school. And I saw that they had nailed that man to a plus side. I knew they were serious about math right here. cross is the plus sign. God is all about adding and 
add into your life. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Ah! But I've come that you might have life more abundantly. God will add to your life. Sin will subtract from your life. The cross, he came down so you can go. He bled and he died so that you and I may have a right to the tree of life. He came to add, to add, and add, not subtract. God bless you. Listen to every head bowed and everybody closed. You have heard the word this morning. And he's absolutely right. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Are you prepared to meet Jesus face to face? Jesus went to the steps to lay himself out on the cross and to pour his blood out for you, for me, for the whole world. And he did that just for you. So I want to ask you a question. Is there ever been a time in your past when you asked Jesus Christ to say, have you ever asked him to come into your life? To wipe away your sin? Because he listen, listen, he did that already too. for my brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ that, that you would touch their life touch their soul I pray that they've been touched today 
missional, seeing souls come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And Lord, if we're not sharing the gospel, then we are backsliding, backslidden. We should be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ no matter where we go. Help us to do that with fervor, life, and use us for your eternal, everlasting glory. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Singletary being here and giving his whole heart to all of us. Help us to think about these very words. 